To support spiritual growth and planetary survival, Rabbi Gabriel Cousins, M.D., and Reverend Michael Beckwith, Ph.D., co-hosted the Juice Fast for Peace at Reverend Beckwith's Agape International Spiritual Center in Culver City, California, USA, during the first week of March 2009. The event was organized to help participants end their addiction to meat and other animal products in order to support their own personal and spiritual growth while also acting to ensure planetary survival by reducing the emissions of greenhouse gases from the animal industry. On March 7, 2009, Supreme Master Ching Hai accepted the invitation to attend via video conference to answer the participants' questions and concerns about the damaging impact the meat diet has on the environment and human health. Born from a deep concern for the future of the planet, Dr. Cousins, a vegan, began his Juice Fast for Peace series partnering with Reverend Beckwith in Culver City with plans to offer them across the United States and the world to help people end their addiction to meat. According to Dr. Cousins, by consuming green juices during the fast, people lose the cellular memory of addictive flesh foods, dairy and eggs, thus making it easier to transition to a plant-based diet. He is both a general medical practitioner and a psychiatrist who developed early in his career a fascination for understanding how the mind affects the body and how the body and the food we feed it affects the mind. He was the chief mental health consultant for the Sonoma County Head Start in California and a consultant on the California State Department of Health. He is a holistic medical doctor who incorporates homeopathy, live food nutrition, Ayurveda, naturopathy, acupuncture as part of his healing modality. Another core aspect of his approach to wellness and healing is a recognition that our purpose in life is to awaken to the divine. For the next several decades, he devoted his research to finding out how all body types could create a healthy balance and obtain all proper nutrition on a living foods diet. He has authored many books summarizing his findings over the years, such as Depression Free for Life and There is a Cure for Diabetes. For over 20 years, Dr. Cousins has been leading and perfecting green juice fasts in which only juices made predominantly from green vegetables are consumed. His goal is to help people become cured of supposedly incurable diseases, such as diabetes and drug and alcohol addiction, while also helping us clear our thoughts and reflect upon our true nature as the children of God. Reverend Michael Beckwith, a vegan, has stated that our purpose on the planet is to wrap our consciousness around the divine treasure within us. He uplifted the fasting participants with daily inspirational talks. He is one of the featured teachers in the international best-selling book and movie, The Secret. His spiritual journey began in the 1970s where his exploration of Eastern and Western teachings led to his own style of teaching referred to as the New Thought Ancient Wisdom Spiritual Tradition. It was his vision of a non-denominational spiritual community that led to the founding of the Agape International Spiritual Center in 1986, which seeks to bring all people together into one human family unified in a core value of peace and the spiritual origin of all beings. Each week, around 9,000 people come to hear him speak at the Agape Center. He proactively works alongside other global peacemakers, including the Dalai Lama, and has also been featured on Oprah, an international U.S.-based daytime talk show, and interviewed on Larry King Live by one of the premier broadcast interviewers of our time. We invite you now to join this peaceful and uplifting dialogue between Supreme Master Ching Hai, Reverend Michael Beckwith, Dr. Gabriel Cousins, and the participants of the first Juice Fast for Peace in Culver City, California on March 7, 2009.
And just to tell the, the group a little bit about Supreme Master Ching Hai, she's really one of the leading humanitarians in the world today, perhaps even in this 21st century. She contributes over a uh, million dollars a year of her own money to support all the disaster issues around the world. She received the Guzzi Prize in 2006, which is the equivalent of an Asian Nobel Peace Prize. In her own work, she doesn't take donations, and she only asks people to do their work. And that's the real donation. She is and probably will become best known as a person who perhaps will be saving the planet from a global warming by helping people go vegan. And that's really why we're connecting, because we are now doing, and uh, this is uh, Rabbi Gabriel Cousin sitting here with uh, Reverend Michael Beckwith, doing the kickoff fast, the green juice fast, for the healing of the planet. So how does fasting connect with the healing of the planet? Because we find that when people are fasting, after about six or seven days, they lose their cellular memory for meat, fish, chicken, and dairy. Dairy is one of the hardest because it has caseomorphines, which are one-tenth as strong as morphine. So these are really addictions. And the research shows that it takes a little bit of time to lose that cellular memory. There is real research. This isn't a metaphor. The epigenetic uh, DNA memory is something that actually goes away when you remove yourself from the presence of these foods, meat, fish, chicken, and dairy. So we see that the most important thing in the world today in terms of global warming is to go plant source only. There seems to be a, a significant amount of misinformation about that it has to do with carbon dioxide in the air. That's maybe 9%, according to the research by James Hansen, who was head of the Goddard Institute for Space Research from NASA, is that's 9%. The real issue is that 50% of the global warming is connected with, to methane. And there's no question about that, that that is really a, a big issue. And that's coming, of course, from the cows. And that's uh, somewhere between estimates. This is all new. People are really just beginning to understand it. Somewhere between 25 or 100 times more potent a global warmer than carbon dioxide. So that's maybe 50% of what's contributing to global warming. And most of that is from animals. A little bit, it comes from lagoons where animal waste have been put in. And they estimate maybe 15%. And then the next is the billion pounds per year of manure that gives off nitrous oxide, which is approximately between 296 to 300 times more potent global warming than carbon dioxide. Now, the other thing that's really important, too, it's about 65%. Of the, of the nitrous oxide comes from this manure. And then we have ammonia that's connected to acid rain. So we have some real issues going on. What's 
really important to understand is that carbon dioxide may be in the air for 100 or 500 years or perhaps thousands of years. And, and again, we don't really know that. So we're not going to get an immediate result. You may get a Prius, but it's going to have to be 10,000 years old before it's going to make an effect. It's not going to really help us. So where we go to and why we're doing this fast here and also in Portland at the end of August and then uh, New York and Boston and Toronto and Vancouver is to wake people up to the real issue, which is animal agriculture. The good news is that that can stop in 8 to 15 years. That will be out of the atmosphere, the, particularly the methane. So this is like really good news. We have something that's immediate that we can have an effect. So it brings us back to what we eat determines who lives or dies on this planet. And it has a lot of ramifications because what we're hearing from research experts like Dr. James Hansen is we have a year or two before we hit a turning point. And then we have to understand that we're just organisms on the planet. And if we don't play it right, not only the planet will not do so well, but we, organisms on the planet, will definitely not do it very well. So it's a critical time. It's a critical time for us. And we really thank you, Supreme Master Ching, for leading the world in waking up. Your Supreme Master TV, where you have 14 satellites and 60 different translations and over 70 nations, is getting this message out to everyone. We want to people to be able to go to a plant source only diet and that's our our game plan and that's what the world needs it's really the only practical solution and it's one we have control over we don't have to wait to some kind of new invention you know uh, electrical cars or whatever we can do that now and it empowers us as human beings to be able to do this so we're just very happy to be uh, working with you, and again, we, we greet you with great love for the great work that you are doing around the world, and we see us as really brothers and sisters in a, in a very um, particular way for saving the planet, so thank you very much. I, I want to introduce Reverend Michael Beckwith, who's going to talk a little bit also about this, and then we'll, we're going to do some questions. And we uh, bring tremendous greetings and love from here at, at Agape for the tremendous work uh, that you have been doing in terms of uh, spreading this, this gospel of truth regarding the power of the fork. I don't know if I can add too much other than what uh, Gabriel has already said, but that individuals can begin to change the world just through the power of their fork. As he vindicated, we don't have to do much other than to break the addiction of what's been going into our body temple. And then that also, uh, as we do this more and more around the planet, we begin to create a, a field of individuals who are oscillating together in the field of possibility. So as we're, we're cleansing the body temple, then of course the mental body becomes clean again, and then we have greater access to our spiritual dimension, which allows for unexpected surprises to take place when all seems not. So when we're looking at uh, the scientists giving us these dire reports, which are very accurate and very true from a scientific level, when individuals come together around the planet and, and break free from the addictions and clean their bodies, become access to uh, the supreme presence of God, uh, which moves us and brings things into possibility that before weren't possible because we weren't 
vibrating high enough. We didn't have access to that domain. So it all works together for good. Our, our diet, our clean mind, and our access to the realm of the divine, and then us working together amplified that field logarithmically and exponentially. And so uh, even though there's a small group of people here, it has a big effect on this city. And of course, the small groups around the world then have a big effect on the planet. So we're just very uh, privileged and honored to be in this number together, the tree of life, agape, you and people around the world taking a stand for love for our planet and for each other. And we welcome you into this space. I'm in. We really want to honor the people who have done this fasting because you're heroes. So let's give a yes to everybody here. And, and, and by the time the next year or two is up, we want to have millions of heroes out there. And every person plays an important role in being that. Good. Good. <laughs> Are there any questions you have for us before we ask you questions? Yeah. <laughs> I want to ask if everybody is hungry. <laughs> <laughs> well, not really. We're hungry for God. Oh, good. That's good. Because when I fast, like what you are doing right now, alone, I did feel hungry sometimes. <laughs> because I'm too near other humans and uh, the smell of cooking and all that is very tempting. But if you are alone and you have a supportive group like that, you are lucky. Hmm. And you feeling good? Yes! Uh -huh. You feel more elevated and lighter after a week of juice, right? Yes. Yes, yes. Uh, very good. Uh, so you're having a drinking party, huh? <laughs> a vegan drinking party, right. I remember that one. That's good. Talking about spiritual group. So what we're moving towards is not so much green technology, but a greener diet. That's really what we're moving towards. The fast just sets people in the position to go towards a greener diet immediately. Mm -hmm. Yes, I'm so happy that you are doing your drinking party, <laughs> green party, yes. And I'm very happy that all the people there are so brave, brave enough to go there and try, yes. Or maybe they did it before. Maybe they are juice experts. <laughs> a lot of people no. here are new. Yes. This is their first experience, and, and that's why we call them heroes. Because once you've done it, it's really easy. But before that, you've you got to overcome your fear, and that's why they're heroes. Uh -huh. They are all heroes, even if they have done it before. It's not easy, is it? Just to forsake all the things that you like every day. They're true heroes, even if they have done it how many times before, because... Uh, you know, the first one is heroic because they don't know what it's going to be like. But the one who done it before knows is also a, a very great challenge, truly. For me, it was, I couldn't say that it was easy. You know, sometimes I did it for uh, many weeks, sometimes just one week. And, and uh, in the first few days, it was not too easy, but later it is better. Yeah, is that right? Oh, that's, that's correct. Absolutely. That's correct. The mind plays yes. tricks on us. I was... Uh, watching a DVD of, of some spiritual program, and the hmm. man's tie was yellow. And I noticed, this was the third day, and I noticed that my mind started 
imagining me eating corn. <laughs> and I just became aware that the mind was doing it on its own. And I was looking at the mind, uh, yes. imagining that I was eating corn. And I had to slap it into some discipline. Yeah, I know. So definitely, it's a little challenging, but with the support of the group and our prayers and what we've been doing, the yoga, uh, the, yes. med the meditation, the support, yes. it's, it's a lot easier for people to make it through. Yes. You are doing the right stuff. The cleansing of the body through one week fasting of juice is very, very beneficial to your health, at least. And when you have a healthy body, your mind will be also clear. I gained some of the spiritual elevation through this kind of fasting as well. So I have to tell you, I meditate intensively and I can feel the level truly rise up. I mean, almost physically that you can feel it. And it was very rewarding. So I hope uh, all of you or some of you feel the same. Yes. You can feel all the chakra just like uh, rising up and open one by one, like one door after another, tuck, 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 like yes. that. Yes. It's almost physical, truly. could even feel the physical sensation as well. Any of you have that? Yes. yes. Oh, wonderful. Congratulations. Congratulations. And when you go home after today, keep up the same concentration and devotion that you have here with the reverend and the... A wise a doctor, <laughs> doctor of the mind as well. Truly, many disease can be also eliminated this way, huh? Yes, yes. so it cleans up everything. Yes, I'm glad you have done it. I'm glad <laughs> that you have enough courage and stamina to do it. But of course, under the wise guidance, it's always safer, hey? Yes. Wonderful, wonderful. I'm so glad you did. Yeah, both of you, the reverend and the doctor. They are your benefactor. Thank you. Thank you very much. Very good. Thank you. Good people. Thank you for your support in this whole thing, because we're going to be doing this around the United States and in Canada. Wonderful. So we hope to see thousands of people fasting by the time we're done and then going vegan. Yes, yes, yes. Which is the punchline. I see, I see. It sneaks up on them. We starts off getting them to fast and clean <laughs> right. their body temple, and then we, we break the news on them. Right, right, right. right. They can actually save the planet by, by yes. transforming yes. themselves to a plant-based diet. That's we, right. We operate on the pleasure principle, and as you get into fasting, particularly as we do the Kali Ray Tri Yoga and mm. the meditation, the Shaktipat meditation, people begin to get the pleasure of the divine in their lives, and then that's an encouragement to keep doing it because it right. feels so good. Yes, yes. You see, uh, once we break through the habit of the conception that we need food every day, we need solid food, we need this, we need that, once you prove to yourself that I go through one week, I could go through another week even, and I fear nothing anymore. After that, you feel a sensation. It's not just about having no food for one week, but it's the courage in you will raise up. That, at least for a while after the fast, you feel like you fear nothing. You have such a courage and that you can do anything. <laughs> you could, uh, you know, go without food for a long time even. And not to talk about trying to change to vegetarian diet, vegan diet. So you can do many things. You feel after one week fast or two week fast with juice, you feel like you are invincible. Is that how you feel? Yes. Some of the benefits of a vegetarian diet lowers blood pressure 
lowers cholesterol levels, reduces type 2 diabetes, prevents stroke conditions, reverses atherosclerosis, reduces heart disease risk 50%, reduces heart surgery risk 80%, prevents many forms of cancer, stronger immune system, increases life expectancy up to 15 years, higher IQ, saves 70% of the total cost of 40 trillion US dollars for reducing global warming, uses 4.5 times less land to grow food, conserves up to 70% clean water, saves 80% of the cleared Amazonian rainforest from animal grazing, a solution for world hunger, free up 3.4 billion hectares of land, free up 760 million tons of grain every year, half the world's grain supply, consumes one-third fossil fuels of those used for meat production, reduces pollution from untreated animal waste, maintains cleaner air, saves 4.5 tons of emissions per U.S. household per year, stop 80% of global warming, plus more. Save your life. Be veg. Go green. They so, feel that they can live by the very word that comes from the mouth of God now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that, that's right. Because they can feel that word resonating throughout them. Um, we're, it may be time, if we could, to ask you some questions. We have a list of about eight questions. Is this a good time to do this? Yeah, sure. Please. Greetings. Uh, your television network has been actively broadcasting about the urgency of climate change and its connection to diet choices. Could you yes. share with us some of the recent data? Oh, yes, ma'am. <laughs> Gladly. There's so many news every day showing us how urgent the situation is for our planet and the huge role that our diet plays in saving the planet. Since you asked, I would just name a few. Um, I guess many of them you know already or you could look up on the Internet. But since you've been drinking, <laughs> I did the looking for you. <laughs> now, in September 2008, Dr. Rajendra Bachori, head of the Intergovernmental panel on climate change. He's the one who got Nobel Peace Prize together with uh, Vice President Al Gore and others. He stated that scientists had called to tell him, had called to tell him that the emissions from livestock were much higher than previously estimated. You see, before they said it was 18% in the Livestock Long Shadow Report 2006. But now the emissions from animal farming are actually higher than that. As far as uh, how much higher, they are not still very sure. But Dr. Colin Campbell, the best seller of nutritional biochemist book, he said that his colleagues at the World Bank found that 50% plus of total greenhouse gas emissions right now are coming from livestock raising. And that is not even uh, the sure uh, percentage yet. You see, and Dr. Campbell revealed that uh, this information is not yet the highest that they have estimated, that they have researched. They think it would be more, 
Okay. And he has revealed this information to us in an interview with the Supreme Master Television. Uh, right now, the climate scientists are telling us more and more that if we reduce uh, livestock industry, we reduce methane. And that is the most immediate way to cool the planet because uh, CO2 from uh, fossil fuel may take tens of thousands of years, tens of thousands of years, you see, to leave the atmosphere and cool the planet, according to the research. But methane is 23 times more potent, hotter than CO2, and they uh, dissipate uh, average over 10 years or 20 years. So the latest report from uh, IPCC scientist Dr. Kirk Smith in USA said that uh, methane is a much hotter gas than currently reported, yes. He said that it could be 60 to 100 times hotter than CO2, average over 20 years. So methane goes out in the atmosphere in 9 to 15 years, disappear, compared to up to thousands of years for CO2. So if methane is reduced, the warming will be reduced immediately. You understand the logic, yes? Because CO2 stay longer in the atmosphere, but methane go and disappear quick. So the way we reduce the methane is by reducing animal agriculture. If we ban meat, ban livestock raising, then the methane gas will be cut, you know, for up to day at least 50%. Can you imagine? It's very big chunk. And then the planet will be cool immediately. Compared to CO2, it takes 10,000 of years to cool off. Right now, the most problem gas that hit the planet is methane. You see, because it's a lot of them. According to the scientists, it's already 50%. That they say more than 50% even, you see. So if we stop methane, meaning stop the animal rising, then we stop 50%. They say just 50%, at least 50%, you see. And now if we change into a vegetarian organic farming, then that practice alone will cut 40% of CO2 as well, out of the atmosphere. So you see, we're gaining, gaining, gaining. Not only we cut 50% of methane gas, and by uh, doing organic farming, we cut another 40% of CO2 in the atmosphere. See, we gain all the time. And double together, then of course we cool the planet. I'm not talking about a miracle. <laughs> I'm talking scientifically. And logically, and every one of us, and every one of you can go onto internet or ask these uh, famous uh, doctors of climate, and see what they say. Livestock are the single largest source of methane. Between 35 and 40 percent estimate presently of methane emission globally, according to the UN Food and Agriculture Organization. But I think it's underestimated. I'm sure of that, though I'm not a scientist. Because if you add things together, it's not only 40%. Now, this is why Dr. Scott Smith recommended that the government impose extra tax on meat to change habits. This is a good idea, but uh, I feel it's a little bit slow, but it's better than nothing. <laughs> it's good for two reasons. Number one, 
The scientists at Carnegie Mellon University found that eliminating all animal products and eating vegan for one day is seven times more effective than eating locally grown food for reducing emission. Number two, Food Watch Institute said that switching from a conventionally raised standard diet with meat and dairy to an organic uh, vegan diet reduced 94%, 94% of the emissions from our diet. So these are the most recent data that I can update to you. And they are telling us clearly that not only it is very urgent right now, but the fastest way to solve it, the quickest, the most effective, is by reducing the emission-intensive meat industry practice. Thank you so much for listening to all that. Thank you so much for your work. Um, and here in Southern California, there's a drought currently, and talking about water rationing. And what do the experts in the interviews have to say? Ah, the expert told us a lot of things, yes. They say that California right now is uh, headed toward the worst drought in California recorded history, the worst drought they're heading to. The Sierra Nevada mountains, which supply much of the rest of California's water, is uh, supplying now 61% of the usual amount in this past winter season. Winter season even. We're not talking about summer yet, huh? when it's dry. California produces 50% of fruit, vegetables, and nuts that are grown in the United States. But the U.S. government has announced that farmers will not be able to buy any water from the state. Imagine this. They supply 50% of your fruit and vegetable, but now they're not able to buy any water from the state. And their state is in the drought predicament because the main source of water for farmers is expected to go dry this year. Greenhouse gases are causing deserts to expand in California. Elsewhere as well, but now we just zoom in on California, yeah? Moreover, two of the largest man-made lakes in the U.S., uh, Lake uh, Mead and Lake Powell, will be dry in the next decade, 2021. These lakes and the Colorado River system that fills them, provide water to nearly 8% of the U.S. population. Now they are drying. They'll be completely dry soon. So, picture all this, see? Stockholm International Water Institute states that 70% of water is used by agriculture. Of that amount, a lot of it is going into planting corn and soy, and that is to feed animals, not humans. That's why we're short of water, short of food. It's a waste of precious food, not just our precious water as well. The experts also calculate that one kilogram of beef takes 5,000 to 20,000 liters of water to produce, but one kilogram of wheat takes only 500 to 2,000 liters of water. That is one-tenth you know, 10% of the amount of water for meat, you see? At a time when we have water shortage and all the reservoirs are dwindling 
at such an alarming rate. We are truly afraid that even if we don't take shower at all, it will not do much help because uh, all the human uses and everything come together is only 30% of water around the world. Everything else mostly used for meat industry, 70% of it. You see that? So even if you and I go ascetic, you know, we don't even wash clothes. <laughs> we go like the Himalaya yogis, the <laughs> the one who doesn't wear clothes, and we don't wash ourselves. We put ash on our body forever. It won't help the planet. Meat industry should be cut. That will help the planet. That will help to reserve our water, to refill our lakes and our river again. That is physically and scientifically speaking. I'm not talking about the merit, the bad karmic contribution that uh, we are doing to ourselves by harming others and torturing animals and killing them just to save our stomach. Okay? On the other hand, if we forego one pound of beef, we can save more water than we stop showering for half a year. Just don't eat four hamburgers and you can shower half a year every day, generously. Can you imagine the big, big, big difference like that? So if we really want to save the water for the world to be able to use for our daily necessity, not to talk about future generations, then we have to change to a vegetarian diet, animal-free diet. Animal industry must be out. That's it. Thank you. European Parliament supports reducing meat to lower greenhouse gases. Reduce your meat consumption or stop eating meat totally. During discussions on greenhouse gas reduction goals, the Climate Committee of the European Parliament officially recognized livestock's contribution to global warming and recommended a reduction of subsidies to the livestock industry to curb methane. The European Parliament has adopted its own position on climate change as an institution. And as a Vice President, one of the proposals I have made is in line with your own, which is that we should eat far less meat because that's one of the major sources of greenhouse gases. We know that uh, the agriculture and uh, the meat uh, production is one of the main cause of gas emission. And so it's very clear that the ratio per habitant of meat has to decrease. My name is Jan Solm. I'm a member of the European Parliament. Please, be veg. Go green, save the planet. Beautiful question, beautiful question. Beautiful question, yes. Thank you very much for, for spreading this message, by the way. It's so many people live in, in ignorance that this is all they need is to be enlightened by the information. 
So my question is that daily we hear reports about the polar ice sheets melting yes. and predictions about the rise of the sea levels. Since we live near the ocean, what measures should we be taking to protect L.A. like Holland and other countries are doing? Hmm. Good question, madam. Good. You've been choosing very well. <laughs> yeah, intelligent people. It is true that the statistics of the ice melt keep changing because they are being updated all the time. The reason is that uh, they are unpredictable. You see, if the sea water is warmer, then the ice will be melted quicker. And once the ice melted, there's no reflection of the heat back into the space. Therefore, the heat will melt the ice as well and warm the water further. And both will help each other to melt more ice and heat up more the planet. So if you just calculate by, okay, uh, yesterday uh, the ice sheet melt one meter, so today another day it will melt one more meter, and tomorrow will melt another, so it's only three meters in three days. That is incorrect. Because the water is warming, and then the ice will melt by that. And the ice melts more, we have more heat. And more heat, more ice melt, more ice melt, more warm water, more warm water, more ice melt. You see the devil cycle. That's why uh, the scientists could not uh, predict it very well before, but they are very vigilant right now. They're keeping an, a, a good eyes on the situation. It's just that we don't do things fast enough. It's not just keeping our eyes on it. We have to do something. When we know the situation and we know the solution, we have to try quick. I wish we have the planet no matter what. I wish you live the way you live. I do not want as a, just a small personal interference into your way of life. You all have free will and you have God inside. I have not uh, much to say, just if we know a solution, we just do it. If we love our planet, if we love ourselves and our children, any sacrifice we would do. Sometimes we say, I would lay down my life for you. I love you so much. And parents, they love their children so much. Sometimes they sacrifice everything. They work hard. Yes, they sleep less. They wake up early. They go to bed late and they work sometimes 18, 20 hours just to protect the children's. Why cannot just forsake a piece of meat? Yes, just to keep the home for them. The planet is our home, and the children, where would they go? It's not just about going. It's just sometimes the suffering is so intense and so prolonged that we don't wish that on our, you know, harmless, helpless little children for the future. I don't have any children to talk of, but even your children is like my children. They are helpless. They, they need protection. The way we are polluting our planet right now is no good for us, for our children at all. So love should be translated into action. Even any sacrifice, we do it. But it wasn't much of sacrifice, because meat is not good for us in any case. If we eat meat and all that, it will be harmful to our health. So might as well leave it all together and we could save the planet that way. All evidence points out that meat is the number one cause of our planetary problem. There's a rabbi we know that in Genesis 129, it says one should eat basically a live food vegan diet. Right. 
And that's what the Torah tells us. As a Native American sun dancer and connecting to the white buffalo woman who gave the pipes, the peace pipes, to the Native American nations. Mm. The, the teaching is that everyone should be vegan. And as a yogi for 36 years, we always were taught ahimsa. And now maybe we're going to listen to the divine advice, which is very good. But this is a hard way to do it. Yes. So, But you see, we need all this scientific evidence to tell people also. So we have to refer to United Nations and scientists, experts, etc. Because people have to be appeal in their intelligence. The soul understands everything. I'm sure all of them who sit there, or everybody in the world, their souls know what is good. It's just their mind, their intellectual has to be satisfied. That's why we talk about scientific evidence. Like before, the United Nations uh, predicted that, uh, okay, one meter sea level rise uh, would be very uh, catastrophic already and causing a lot of people to lose their homes. But just last month, scientists have learned that Greenland and Western Antarctica and Eastern Antarctica are all melting now, which had not been, uh, you know, a uh, factor updated before. Based on these findings, one scientist at the University of California, Santa Cruz, predicted a 5-meter sea level rise. And then another study say, no, no, that's not it. If all the Antarctica were to melt, which is melting now, if they all melted, then the sea level could rise up to 70 meters. Yeah, 210 feet. That's a lot. 21 floors. Can you imagine that? Where are we going with this kind of rising levels? Even if we uh, dig a hole, nowadays they have something like they make the hole, the, the, the tube ready for you, like a room, and then you can put it in the earth to, <laughs> you know, to protect yourself from climate change, from gases and all that. But how we protect ourselves in this case, when the sea level rise 70 meters and bury everything in its wake, and no more food, no more agriculture, nothing. No animals even to eat. Even if we want to eat meat, there will be nothing left for us. So, you see, how can we take measures to protect Los Angeles, California? Not from rising sea levels, but also other uh, similar consequences of global warming. See, when the sea level rises, there will be more mosquitoes and diseases. Oh, not to talk about, we all die anyway. Not only the ice, you see, but also the permafrost will melt, which could potentially release billions of tons of methane gas from underneath, or hydrogen sulfide. We can die by inhaling just one second. So there's no way we can run away from this, except we turn to virtuous way of life then we are connected with heaven because heaven is virtuous and love and blessing. If we're connected with that, then we are one with that. Then we are protected ourselves because we are one with heaven. Heaven is all-powerful, almighty. If we are connected with that almighty by being heavenly, having heavenly quality, then we back to our original source again. Then we are connected. Then we are also part of the Almighty. Then we are blessed and protected.
I see no other way we can protect ourselves at all. If the sea were to rise, if all the gas were to be released from permafrost and underneath of the sea and from everywhere else, that's it. So now we come back to your suggestion that we have to go back to heavenly way of life. The heavenly way of life, that's exactly right. That's what fasting introduces you because the voice of God does come through you when, when you fast. Comes to you regularly, but I mean, from people who are fasting, it starts to happen. We open up to the voice of God. We eat the voice of God into our our existence. That's what we're feasting on. So it's good. And thank you for being here with us today. Many uh, philosophers and uh, spiritual teachers often talk about this particular time that we're going through as a a challenging transition for humanity. Yes. It possibly lead to a tremendous uh, spiritual evolution and elevation and awakening. What, what are some of your thoughts about that? Yes, sir. Well, I'm sure you know it yourself. You just want to ask for your audience. And <laughs> <laughs> you see, we are in a very dangerous situation right now. But I'm glad to tell you, we have reached the critical mass. Can you believe? According to my inner knowledge, the critical mass has been reached the critical mass of the numbers of vegetarian people, okay? It's just now we're waiting for the mind of humans to be more pliant, to be more in tune with the critical mass. For your audience, I'm saying the critical mass, as you say, it means if a certain numbers of people have be like in one mighty group, you know, like being vegetarian, if the certain number is reached, then that number will influence the whole planet in time and make everybody become vegetarian or vegan. Uh, you understand, right? Right. That is a critical mass. And we have been trying, and with many other groups, and with you and with Dr. Gabriel and the Reverend who sit there, we have reached the critical mass just a few days ago. And uh, it's just uh, my inner knowledge. And now we're waiting for that to work. But meanwhile, we're still working. Continue, continue whatever we can from television to flyer and vegetarian restaurants, vegan seminar and free cooking class, etc., etc. We often say the human mind is like a monkey mind. <laughs> I wish that our minds are really like monkey minds. Because if our mind were the monkey minds, or likewise, then everybody would have become vegetarian long ago. <laughs> You see, they experiment with a monkey, like if they teach some certain numbers of monkey to drink from glasses, then all the monkey elsewhere have not been in contact with human and not have been in contact with that monkey who drinks, still, you know, they could use the glass to drink also. So that's why the critical mass of the monkey have influenced other monkeys' mind by inner connection, telepathic connection. But our mind, unfortunately, is not like a monkey mind. I wish it were. <laughs> then we can influence quicker. Now, if this critical mass is working, and I suspect it's working, just a little bit slower than we want, then maybe we will have the mass of the planet going to have vegetarian diet, compassionate attitude quite soon. 
I hope is in time so that we can save the planet before we reach the point of no return. And so I also beg you, all of you, the hero, the saints, the yogi there, please do something to help. Just pass out information, convince whoever you can. Yes, and everybody really does make a difference. Like I have a, a cooking show every Sunday. <laughs> I cook very simple. I teach kids to cook. But it influences some millions of people that help with the critical mass. That's why I do it. Yeah, Even just a cooking show like that. So you could do even more than just a cooking show the way I do. Yes, you Americans. Americans are mighty people. Yes, in 200 years they built the powerful nation on the planet. They go to the moon, they went to Mars, and they're going to see the next uh, whatever people, planet, that they guess exists in the galaxy. They already suspect that there exist many peopled planets, and they're going to find it. I'm sure they will. So the Americans can do a lot of things and have a big influence in the world. I count on you. I count on you. Wow, thank you for that beautiful answer. Thank you. My name is Annie Chubb. Annie, yes. And uh, yeah, I'm into the raw food movement as well, eating fresh raw fruits and vegetables and so on. Um, Bravo. Thank you. Um, your TV program goes all over the world to 60 different uh, languages, and you're talking to different governments. What response do you get from world governments about this idea of reducing animal products to affect uh, global change? What what positive things are happening with the governments? Good question. It's happening. It's happening. I wish it happening faster, but at least it's happening. You know, sometimes when I hear like, okay, the European Parliament uh, uh, admit that uh, meat diets is cause for global warming and they will reconsider to cut subsidize for the meat industry, instead, and they give it to the organic farmers, etc. I jump around in my room and say, wow, my God, it's happening. I know it's just a small step, and we are impatient because time is urgent and our days are numbered. I know that. But every time like that, I jump. And my dogs is just, you know, was so, so panicky. They run around me, licking me all over and ask me, what's wrong, what's wrong? I say, no, no, I'm happy, I'm happy. Don't worry, don't worry. <laughs> So, I hope you're not jumping, I'm going to tell you something. <laughs> okay, though it's not going as quickly as I would like, but look like the critical mass is doing something, you see? Because there's progress being made. Some courageous, brave, heroic leaders are helping uh, to make the change, which is very touching and inspiring. Sometimes I cry, you know? Like in Formosa, the president, for example, announced that eating more vegetables and less meat is one of the most important lifestyle changes people can make to lower emission. A president, to say that, for him, is a lot. For us, maybe it's no problem. You go to see Dr. Cousins, he say that every day. You, you go to the church and the reverend tell you that all the time. <laughs> but for a president, you understand the political pressure he has and the unprecedented announcement that he made, never made before in history of human or Taiwan or China. For a political leader to say that is truly brave and truly is a very big step. And then his wife, <laughs> the first lady of Formosa, she also set an example, you see? 
for the children by reading aloud an article, How to Cup Global Warming, Eat Less Meat, More Vegetables and Fruits. You see, as an effort to reduce emissions. Finally, over one million people in Formosa took a pledge to lower their meat consumption by signing uh, their petition. In the United States, I guess you know already, the Hawaiian House and Senate unanimously passed a resolution asking that vegan and vegetarian meal options to be provided in Hawaiian schools. Yes? <laughs> Very good. Another one, as a part of its new climate action plan, Cincinnati, Ohio, was the first U.S. city to encourage less meat in order to stop global warming. It's just some steps, you see. And in Europe, Germany's environment minister visited Brazil to help enact stricter regulations for preventing deforestation for meat that being exported to Europe. And Jane's home, member of the European Parliament, has been working to get measures adopted in the European Union that recommend reducing meat to lower greenhouse gases emissions. Our group also made uh, contact with the government in uh, as many countries as possible to let them know of the planetary benefit of vegan diet. We encourage anyone who feels this same way to also reach out themselves and contact as many people as possible, including governmental representatives. And of course, we continue to make efforts through Supreme Master Television and other activities, you know, like Loving Hood Vegan Restaurant, flyer distributing, information disseminating. We have many vegan restaurants now in uh, different cities to provide uh, delicious vegan meals, and it would be a trend one day, see? <laughs> People should go there and they, they should have direct experience of how easy it is to be vegan and how tasty it is, the uh, meatless food. We also encourage more government action by recognizing the governments that do promote the benefits of the vegetarian diet. Uh, recognizing this also helps the planet immensely. Uh, that's all we can do. <laughs> Maybe could do more, but uh, if you have any better idea, you would tell me what else to do. Well, thank you for sharing the good news. We appreciate Good news, it. eh? Yeah, yes. yeah. <laughs> Yesterday, just uh, some hours before uh, this uh, conference with you, I had an honor to be a guest at the Mexico SOS conference. And we had a video recorded support from the senator from the Philippines, from the legislator uh, Taiwan, and from the vice president of the European Parliament. Vice president of European Parliament. He uh, recorded a message to support us. Can you imagine? That's a big step, no? Yeah, it's slow, but I wish more leaders would be so courageous like them. It will happen. It will happen. Oh, thank you. Thank you for your blessing. <laughs> Hi, uh, my name is Nature. Thank you for your work and your inspiration and your love. Um, Hi, love. <laughs> and scientists are telling us now the reductions in CO2 emissions will take over a thousand years to bring about planetary cooling. So it seems right. that we need to do something immediately to cool the planet. 
On Supermaster Television, you have reported that Prince Charles has called for an immediate halt to rainforest destruction and that NASA and climatologist Jim Hansen has urged for the reduction of carbon soot, black carbon. Right. Other right. IPCC scientists you have interviewed, such as Dr. Kirk Smith, have said reducing methane by going vegan is the fastest way to halt global warming. Can you help us to understand how each of these approaches slows global warming and how you think reducing animal products compares to halting rainforest destruction and halting carbon soot? Okay, my love. All the things that you mentioned above are necessary. Preserving the rainforest, stopping the carbon pollution, and being vegan. Yeah. But being vegan is our top priority because, as I have also mentioned a little bit before, that uh, this provides the most immediate cooling through actions that can be taken by individuals because we are a big group on the planet, you see. Uh, carbon removal is also good and acts uh, fairly quickly, but being wet is something that every single person in the world can do and immediately. Whereas changing carbon technologies will simply take much longer and we don't have time. In an interview with Supreme Master Television, Dr. Hansen indicated his agreement with this concept, saying, we would also reduce the carbon dioxide somewhat by means of going back to more natural vegetarian type of diet, as opposed to having meat diets. So that is the biggest single thing in terms of our personal lifestyle. We could change in order to help solve the climate problem. Just leave one piece of meat and we have everything else as it is right now, and more later on, as the forest will regain its strength and grow back to lush for the situation again, and then attract more rains and protect the soil and cool the planet. As I said already, CO2 will linger too long, up to 10,000 years in the atmosphere, but methane dissipate quickly. And the most factor that contribute to our global warming right now is methane. And methane come from livestock rising. Do you see my logic? Yes? Okay, good. So if we cut the methane, the planet cooled out quick. If we cut CO2 and still keep the methane, then it doesn't help much. Besides, we cannot cut CO2 that quick because we don't have other technology invention right now to replace the one that we are having. How many electric cars you see running on your United States street yet? How many? Maybe one, two, three. Huh? <laughs> How much CO2 does it cut? Not much. But the methane pollution came from livestock raising. So if we stop that, no more heating. No more heating of the planet. Because if we stop livestock raising, that means stop also forest uh, clearance. It's because most of forest clearance is for planting stuff for animals. So we water the plant from the root is the best. <laughs> if we cut meat diet, everything else cut. No more transportation for meat, no more deep freeze for meat, no more manure runoff into our rivers and contaminate our river. And because of that, we have to use more chemical to clean it, so we just uh, give more and more chemical into our body. And then if no more meat, then no more forest clearing. 
Then we don't even need to plant trees that much. The forest will recover itself, as we have seen in some area. Just leave it alone. Nature will take care. Truly, all we do is just work with nature, and nature will take care of everything. God doesn't put us on this planet to die. God provides everything already. It's just we overspend. We do not heed the advice of the Bible. In the Bible, God say, "I made all the herbs in the field, plants that bear fruit. That shall be your." Food. I made also the plants for the animals. That shall be their food. God never say I made animal for you to eat. It's so clear. I wonder why nobody saw it. God even say, "Do not kill all the she goat and the he bullock to make offering to me, because your hands are full of innocent blood. Repent yourself." Do not kill any more innocent lives. Otherwise, if you pray, I turn my head away from you. No, are there such thing in the Bible? Yes, yes, it's in the Bible. Reverend, tell me, I'm not making it up. I think it was I think it was Isaiah. Absolutely, you've quoted it. Absolutely, the rabbi just told us it was Isaiah. Wow, he knows it by heart. <laughs> But I know it's there because I read it when I was young. I was kid. I read the Bibles. I sleep with it. I don't probably uh, remember as much as the Reverend does, but uh, I do know. I do know that God do not tell us to eat meat. He say meat for the belly, belly for the meat. God shall destroy both meat and them. Do not be among meat eater and alcohol drinkers. Not to be among them, even not to talk about being one ourselves. So, in all kind of direction, religious, scientific, and health, meat is a no-no. So, from now on, we have to realize that. And please tell everybody else. I know you know it already. Please, just don't be uh, just uh, a vegetarian. Be a heroic <laughs> vegetarian. Be out there. Tell people. Do something. I need your help. Thank you. Fantastic advice. Some of the tragic tolls of alcohol: 2.3 million alcohol-related deaths per year worldwide. Cost of alcohol-related illnesses: 186.4 billion U.S. dollars in the United States. Up to 210 to 665 billion U.S. dollars globally. Disease: Higher amounts of alcohol increase the cancer risk. Even half a glass of wine daily increases the risk of mouth or throat cancer by 168 percent. Cancer of the liver, breast, colon, esophagus, rectum, liver disease, cardiovascular disease, metal toxicity, brain damage, amnesia and dementia, brain shrinkage, organ failure, heart, liver, kidneys. Stomach, pancreas, eyes, birth defects, mental retardation, fetal alcohol syndrome, stunted growth, facial deformity, sudden infant death syndrome, miscarriage. Alcohol-related violence, child abuse, 50% of cases, violence toward loved ones, 30% of cases, violent acts, 40 to 80% of cases. 
suicides 20 to 50 percent of cases plus more for more urgent information please visit www.suprememastertv.com forward slash killers Hello, um, I'm honored to be in this exchange, and it's an opportunity that uh, I enjoy. Hi, love. My name is Ray Fred. Hi. <laughs> Many people say that uh, we can just stop eating beef and we can switch to chicken and fish instead and lower our uh, emissions. Um, what would you respond to somebody considering that as a choice? You agree to that, sir? No, I just hear a lot of it. How would I respond to someone who is going that route? Switching to anything at all other than a purely plant-based diet will not really help at all. This is because of all the things I mentioned above. And first of all, eating both fish and chickens does not significantly reduce the global warming at all. Eating chicken, for example. Chickens that are grown for food are a huge source of antibiotic arsenic poison and fertilizer runoff, which increases pollution and global warming effects. For example, in the United States alone, the Centers for Disease Control report that 76 million cases of foodborne illnesses are reported each year with poultry the chicken that you mentioned, triggering more cases than any other food group even. Sometimes these are also life-threatening or they can leave permanent damage in the person. So there really is no reduced cost for eating something like chicken. As for fish, overfishing of the seas has already resulted in imbalances such as the so-called dead zones everywhere in the sea that do not support life. That zone is the, the area of sea, sometimes as big as Texas, that no life in there at all, no fish, no shrimp, nothing live in there because there's no oxygen. The reason is overfishing. You see, there's another condition called acidification, where the lack of certain fish has contributed to higher ocean acidity which in turn reduces the capacity of the ocean to absorb CO2. And the ocean is a very complex ecosystem where every living thing has a unique function. So removing even a small fish for humans to eat creates an imbalance in the sea. In fact, we are already seeing an effect of this imbalance on marine mammals. As the ocean became warmer and warmer and more acidic, more toxins are present in the water. The whales and the dolphins are thus being driven from the ocean as conditions worsen. They are suffocating them. Sometimes hundreds at a time, they're, you know, dying on the beach because they cannot tolerate this, you know, toxic condition in the seawater anymore. What do we think? Why the dolphin and the whale beach on the sand? You think they go there for vacation? See, they die hundreds at a time because they cannot suffer anymore. The water in which they live, water means life to them, but now water become poison. So they had to go out. They go out, they die, they stay in the water, they die. 
They come to the beach, but it doesn't help them either. They die either way. So even though fish and chicken may not have the obvious carbon impact that other animals do, everything is interconnected, and there's no way to say that uh, consuming these things result in lower carbon um, price to the earth at all. Thank you. And yes, sir. And you know, uh, according to scientific uh, research, chickens are very intelligent. They have DNA almost like human. And fish as well have been proven that fish are also intelligent. They communicate with each other. They can talk. They led a very, very organized, very, very intelligent life. Even ants are talking to each other, according to new scientific discovery. They talk to each other in such inaudible languages that is recorded by the sophisticated scientific uh, apparatus. So even ants, they're intelligent. Look at the way they build their city and their palace. We could not do that compared to our size. They're building, you know, like a skyscraper by their own hand only. But they talk to each other even. Even ants talk to each other. Fish talk to each other. They do lead intelligent life and they all have souls, consciousness in them. Anything God puts on earth is for a purpose. We should not kill anything. We should not eat anything except plant-based diet. Thank you. Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you. Hello. Hello. Thank you so much for your leadership. Uh, thank you. The human condition is to feel separate, yet um, our souls are perfect. How do you suggest to align more with the perfect spirit instead of the human conditions? Yes, yes, yes. Good question, good question. That's why you have the yoga class over there. Yes. <laughs> the doctor and the reverend is teaching you how to be aligned again with yourself, with your great self, because you are great. You are not the human who sit there and looking helpless and feeling you don't know anything. You know everything. As long as you connect yourself again with the storehouse of wisdom and switch back on your great almighty power, then you're one with God again. Of course, we have forgotten. That's why we need to meditate. We need to retrain ourselves for a while. After a while, you will know that. You are that. You are one with God. You will see yourself not as a body, but as brilliant lights like thousand suns. You can see yourself like Almighty, one with the whole universe. You will see all that and more. But we need to reconnect ourselves in one way or another. If you have found a way to reconnect yourself through yoga, prayers, anything, that's good. Please continue to do so. Everything will help you along the way to rediscover your great self. You are truly great, and I'm not telling you this to make you happy. I'm telling you this because I know it. I know it like I know my nose here. <laughs> Now, we can feel connected, at least in the beginner step. We have to remember what this heavenly quality is like. Okay, loving, selfless, unconditional uh, caring for others. We begin to do that. Unconditional love, caring, begin on our table. 
on our plate. Love in action. Okay, we don't kill others because they all love to live. We don't kill others, especially now, even because we want to save a place for our children. If we love our children, that's the way we do. Even if we lay down our lives for them, it's worth it. Not to talk about just lay down that piece of meat, which is poisonous anyway. We should not kill animals for food because that's not the way intended by heaven. So let's begin from that. See, we live a heavenly quality life, then we are one with heaven. Very simple. Every time you do something, you start thinking, would a heavenly being do this? Yes? How would Jesus do this in my situation? How would Buddha do this in my situation? How would the Prophet Muhammad decide this moment, this action? How would heavenly being look down upon and approve my action? And every day, everything you do, if you feel doubt, you ask yourself that question. Remind yourself always of a heavenly quality. That's how you connect with heaven first. And then if you want to go more further, then you seek a guidance of a meditation expert. And you go deeper inside your great self and know more and more each day. And then from that inner knowledge, you translate into outward action. And then you will be a walking God, (laughs) a breathing angel, a physical blessing to this planet. There's no separation. We're all connected even to a mosquitoes and ants. So only God knows who is truly bad, who is truly good, <laughs> and who is really our enemies and who is really not. If we don't know yet, then we aspire to know. First, we have to live the life of heaven. That is, live and that live, love and forgive. Very simple. We are all connected. Okay, you will feel that. You will know that in time, or you already know it, or you know half of it, you know some of it. You will know more as you meditate more and uh, seek deeper the true answer within yourself, everything you have inside you. I'm only talking scientifically, physically, but you are the one who knows everything. You have all the knowledge inside imprinted in your DNA, in your being, in your soul. You know everything. You are part of God. You are children of God. Jesus told you that. Would he lie to us? Huh? Buddha say, you are the future Buddha. Would he lie to us? No. Why would he? Okay. If you are children of God, then you must know you are at least similar to God. Think about that. You are great. If you are not God, at least you are children of God. You, If you are children of the king, then you are prince and princess. Do you understand the greatness of your being? You are children of God. Please act like one. <laughs> Thank you so much. You are kind. <laughs> Thank you very much for, for your beautiful sharing. Thank you very much for your beautiful sharing. You inspired me. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And may we all be successful in helping the world wake up to a vegan way of life and bringing in the messianic time rather than a messy time. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> <laughs>
See the Reverend and you tell them that every day already. <laughs> it's good to have a third opinion. <laughs> it's true. It's true. They, they can hear it in another way. Ah, uh, it's true. Yes, it's the same soup with just a different spoon. Hey. Right. <laughs> I'm glad that you are so kind and so graceful. You know. <laughs> But you remember, there's so many people around the world listening to this dialogue, and feeling uh, the vibration of all of these wonderful heroes yes. sitting in this room. And so it's not just the people in the room; uh, it's the people all that you've connected us by satellite to millions of people, and they're going to feel the same love and the same commitment, and the same heroic endeavor to be transformed by the renewing of their mind and their commitment to be better. All of that is happening in this small tent. So we appreciate you you giving yourself for this. This is my wife. That's about to say something. Oh, hi! Hi! Thank you so much. You've really touched my heart. Thank you for the best half. Thank you so much. So uh, my question is this: um, It's a very simple question, but it's kind of hard for me. So I might get a little teary, and I, maybe because I've been fasting, so I'm, you know, I'm close to my. In yourself. What, what's inside, you know? Uh huh. This has to do with my mother. It's good to cry. It's good to cry. It's cleansing. Yes, yes. It's, a, it's a celebration now. Yes, so it's yes. a celebration. So my mother is 83 years alive, and she's a beautiful person. And she came to live with us about three years ago. And she's a very strong woman, beautiful soul. And when she came to live with us, she was a big woman. She wore size 18 clothes. Yes. And she walked into our home, and and, and we have a, a meatless home. We didn't eat meat in our home. Oh. And she couldn't stop eating meat, but she ate it less. Understand? So now she's like size eight. Oh, you know she's size eight, and she's really ten size now. Yeah, she's really thin in her body, and she's very feisty and strong, and she eats meat very little. Yeah, understand. My question is this: What can I say to her? Because we we've had a lot of conversations about not killing the animals, about understand the result of our lifestyle and its impact on the planet. What do you say to an older person who's been around a long time and who believes that they need just a little meat every now and then, just to keep their protein thing together? You know, she's been living a long time, and so she considers. And she says, "I just want it every now and then, just a little bit, just a little bit." And I'm thinking, like, no. And I don't want to be disrespectful. She loves us. She cleans. She irons. She she does everything to help us. Yes. What can we say to our families who've been around, who really feel like they need just a little fish, just a little bit of chicken, to maintain a certain modicum of health? She does the beans and the rice, and she's getting there. You know, maybe you're such a great teacher. I know you can tell me something. <laughs> and then we can have a look at this on television. Thank you. She's your mother. <laughs> you see, it's difficult to tell your mother what to do, because she used to tell you what to do. Yes, I am lucky because I didn't have to tell my parents anything. They automatically know what I'm doing, and they just volunteer and they just did it. You know, all by themselves. Quit smoking, even. I think we just don't buy meat. Yes, if that helps. Some of the diseases related to meat consumption and/or production: swine flu, Ebola, Reston virus, Q 
cured meats and fish increase leukemia risk in children. Antibiotic-resistant superbug infections from a strain of Staphylococcus aureus. Blue tongue disease, E. coli, salmonella, bird flu, mad cow disease or Creutzfeldt-Jakob disease, 90% of the population at risk. Pig's disease or PMWS, listeriosis, shellfish poisoning, preeclampsia, campylobacter, clostridium difficile, diseases hidden in healthy appearing livestock. Some of the costs of meat eating. Infertility. Eating just one serving of meat per day increases the risk of women's infertility by 32%, with additional meat consumption increasing the risk. Heart disease. Over 17 million lives lost globally each year. Cost of cardiovascular disease is at least 1 trillion US dollars a year. Cancer, colon rectal cancer, over 1 million new colon cancer patients diagnosed each year. More than 600,000 colon cancer related mortalities annually. In the United States alone, colon cancer treatment costs about 6.5 billion US dollars. Millions of people are newly diagnosed with other meat-related cancers every year. Diabetes. 246 million people are affected worldwide. An estimated 174 billion US dollars spent each year on treatment in just the United States. Obesity. Worldwide, 1.6 billion adults are overweight, with 400 million more who are obese costs 93 billion US dollars each year for medical expenses in the United States alone. At least 2.6 million people die annually from problems related to being overweight or obese. Environmental. Use up to 70% of clean water. Pollute most of the water bodies. Deforest the lungs of the earth. Uses up to 43% of the world's cereal. Uses up to 85% of the world's soy. Cause world hunger and wars. 80% cause of global warming, plus more. Some of the costs of milk consumption. Bacterial microbes, pesticides and enzymes found in cheese derived from the inner stomach linings of other animals. Up to 80% of the calories in cheese are from pure fat. Breast, prostate and testicular cancer from hormones present in milk. Hysteria and Crohn's disease. Hormones and saturated fat leads to osteoporosis, obesity, diabetes, and heart disease, linked to higher incidences of multiple sclerosis, classified as a major allergen, lactose intolerance, plus more. For more urgent information, please visit www.suprememastertv.com forward slash killers. Some of the tragic tolls of tobacco. 5.4 million smoking-related deaths per year worldwide. Cost of smoking-related illnesses. 96 billion US dollars in the United States alone. Light and mild cigarettes just as harmful. Causes cancer and diseases in animal companions. Speeds the aging process. Toxic residues of third-hand smoke. Heart disease, coronary thrombosis, cerebral thrombosis, kidney failure, cancer, lung cancer, esophagus cancer, kidneys cancer, bladder cancer, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, emphysema, bronchitis, stroke, impotence, additional harms for secondhand smoking, 
Childhood arteriosclerosis leading to heart attacks and strokes in adulthood. Sudden infant death syndrome. Infertility, miscarriages and premature deliveries. Childhood asthma, bronchitis, ear infection, cleft lip or palate, hyperactivity and aggression in asthmatic boys. Circulatory problems in women. Plus more. For more urgent information, please visit www.suprememastertv.com forward slash killers. You can uh, give her the information to read herself without telling her. Just uh, let it, uh, you know, laying around like carelessly and maybe she pick him up and read it and then if she thinks she decides it herself, maybe she feel more uh, self-respected, you know, and not lose face, you know, to the young <laughs> generation who knows better and she knows that, but she doesn't want to accept. You see, you have to know she lives all her life until 80. She knows a lot of things. And even though she knows it's not right, but you are a daughter, you understand? That's why I never told my parents or my relatives anything. And then it works by itself. <laughs> okay, there's one more thing. You can print all the information. Don't have to be like a Supreme Master Television or my name, nothing. Just print the info from our SupremeMasterTV.com. Without title, without where from, nothing. Just scientific fact that we collected there for you. Or if she wants to watch the Supreme Master Television now again, you can show her because every Tuesday we have a Stop Cruelty show. And it shows terrible fate of the chickens. I'm sure if she's seen that, her compassion, because she just saw a piece of meat in the supermarket, she cannot relate to the suffering of the animals. But if you show her this, because uh, you can download them all free of charge, you know. We had many shows already back, so you can download many. And just now and again, you let it run and you go kitchen, do something else, and then maybe she watch it or you just leave it there, she watch it. You download it and you put it on a disc or something and then you say you want to watch it, you know, because you missed it or something. And then all this uh, very cruel, very inhumane treatment to chicken, little chicken, you know, they hang them in their wing and they clip their beaks and they're bleeding and they, uh, you know, <laughs> shaking on the floor and all that and all the animals as well. It's not just the killing even, it's the cruelty treatment that she will not be able to bear it. And then maybe that will awaken her compassion, her mother instinct, you know? And that properly helps, yes? It's very difficult for a daughter, even a priestly daughter, to tell her mother what to do. We have a saying in Vietnam, say, the Buddha at home doesn't respond. <laughs> so <that laughs> Thank you. Yeah, so they have to go to the temple to pray to the Buddha there. The same statues, but they go to the temple instead. Yes. <laughs> I'm glad you and your other best half, uh, you know, looking in the same direction because it's true love and it's very nourishing and very supporting. Many husband and wife could not even agree on this meat diet stuff, not to talk about the same belief or anything or doing the same direction. Love is looking in the same direction. I'm so glad for you. At least you and your best half is well. And that's very important. You see? Yeah, thank you. Excellent, excellent. Thank you, thank you very much. Thanks, God. Thank you, beautiful. Vegetarianism and Religion
the Baha'i faith regarding the eating of animal flesh and abstinence therefrom, know thou of a certainty that in the beginning of creation God determined the food of every living being, and to eat contrary to that determination is not approved. Selections from the Baha'i writings on some aspects of health and healing. Buddhism. All meats eaten by living beings are of their own relatives. Lankavatara Sutra. Also, after the birth of the baby, care must be exercised not to kill any animal in order to feed the mother with meaty delicacies, and not to assemble many relatives to drink liquor or to eat meat. Because, at the difficult time of birth, there are innumerable evil demons, monsters and goblins who want to consume the smelly blood. By ignorantly and adversely resorting to the killing of animals for consumption, they bring down curses upon themselves which are detrimental to both the mother and the baby. Kasitigarbha Sutra, Chapter 8 Be careful during the days immediately after someone's death, not killing or destroying, or creating evil karma by worshipping or offering sacrifice to demons and deities, because such killing and slaughtering committed, or such worship performed, or such sacrifice offered, would not have even an iota of force to benefit the dead, but would entwine even more sinful karma into previous karma, making it even deeper and more serious. Thus, delay his rebirth to a good state. Karma means retribution. Garba Sutra, Chapter 7 Cow die. The most important thing is to stop killing, because animals also have souls and understand like humans. If we kill and eat them, then we owe them a blood debt. Teachings of the Saints Christianity, meats for the belly, and the belly for meats. But God shall destroy both it and them. Holy Bible And while the flesh was yet between their teeth, ere it was chewed, the wrath of the Lord was kindled against the people, and the Lord smote the people with a very great plague. Holy Bible Confucianism All men have a mind which cannot bear to see the sufferings of others. The superior man, having seen the animals alive, cannot bear to see them die. Having heard their dying cries, he cannot bear to eat their flesh. Mencius. Essenes, I am come to end the sacrifices and feasts of blood, and if ye cease not offering and eating of flesh and blood, the wrath of God shall not cease from you. Gospel of the Holy Twelve. Hinduism. Since you cannot bring killed animals back to life, you are responsible for killing them. Therefore, you are going to hell. There is no way for your deliverance. Adelila. He who desires to augment his own flesh by eating the flesh of other creatures lives in misery in whatever species he may take his birth. Mahabharata Anu Islam, Allah will not give mercy to anyone except those who give mercy to other creatures. Hadith Do not allow your stomachs to become graveyards of animals. Hadith Jainism, a true monk should not accept such food and drink as has been specially prepared for him involving the slaughter of living beings. Sutra Judaism, and whatsoever man there be of the house of Israel, or of the strangers that sojourn among you, that eateth any manner of blood, I will even set my face against that soul that eateth blood, and will cut him off from among his people. Holy Bible. Blood meaning flesh. Sikhism, those mortals who consume marijuana, flesh, and wine, no matter what pilgrimages, fasts, and rituals they follow, they will all go to hell. Guru Granth Sahib. 
Taoism, do not go into the mountain to catch birds and nets, nor to the water to poison fishes and minnows. Do not butcher the ox that plows your field, tract of the quiet way. Tibetan Buddhism, the offering to the deities of meat obtained by killing animate beings is like offering a mother the flesh of her own child, and this is a grievous failure, the supreme path of discipleship. Zoroastrianism, those plants, I, Ahura Mazda, or God, rain down upon the earth to bring food to the faithful and fodder to the beneficent cow, Avesta. Everybody knows that vegetarian diet is good for health and to save the planet. They will be awakening their own great, compassionate, loving self-nature, and then their level of consciousness will rise up automatically and they will understand more than they ever did and they'll be closer to heaven than what they are right now. You've answered all the questions. Good. They're all enlightened. They don't need much. <laughs> After one week of drinking. <laughs> so we're, we're, we're very grateful for your wisdom. And again, bless you, bless everyone here that we continue to inspire people to be vegan. Thank you. Save themselves and save the planet. That's good. That's Amen. Good. Thank Amen. you so much. Yes. Have a good time still. <laughs> we really appreciate uh, your take on the, the critical moment that we're in and how we passed the critical point. Ah, we do it and now together. This can be amplified through the wonderful work that we're doing. Thank you for, for being here with us today. Yes, we're doing it together, you know, even though you have been telling them the same thing over the week or many other times, but uh, good food we can eat again and again, huh? Yes. <laughs> okay, guys. Remember, you are God-like. Peace and blessings. Yes. Blessings. Yes, God bless us. Remember, you are God. Also bless us, okay? Bless the planet. Bless the planet with your power. Yes? Ciao. Ciao. Love. A lot of love. You beautiful people. Beautiful people. Thanks for having me. Thank you, doctor. Thank you, reverend. Thank you, uh, the other reverend. <laughs> love you all. My God. Beautiful. Thank you. my joy to participate in this wonderful dialogue that we had with the Supreme Master. Very sweet and very powerful. Yeah, I've been vegan for many, many years. Oh. Um, we've invited uh, my staff this week and many people at Agape to participate in this week-long juice fast to assist them in the, in the transition from uh, a meat-based diet to a plant-based diet, cleanse their emotional body and their mental body so they can be more receptive to the spiritual intelligence but also to be a participant in um, serving the emerging paradigm on this planet that is so necessary at this time since we're at this critical point in, in human history with the methane uh, leaking into the atmosphere. So we've invited our community to participate. Well, I just met with my uh, COO of my organization here and he's uh, said he's through with the whole meat industry and that he's going to remain vegan for the rest of his life. He's just one person. 
and so many other are, are becoming inspired, inspired as well. In the beginning, I gave up meat primarily for the spiritual uh, reasons. I could feel and see the different entities in the food. I could see the fear and the anger of the animals in the food, and I knew that those vibrations were going into my body temple. So, so my initial movement to being a vegetarian and then a vegan had more to do with uh, the spiritual consciousness. As I studied and the years went on, I discovered that it was more healthy for you as well. And then later on discovered the terrible things we were doing to the planet through the meat industry. So it came in stages like that, sp spiritual, then health, and then uh, the planet. This is Michael Bernard Beckwith at the Agape International Spiritual Center. We want you to be veg, go green, and save the planet. You have the power to do so. You have the power of your fork and your mind and your intention. Be veg, go green, and save the planet. Peace and blessings to you. I think she's such an inspiration and she's got such a great sense of humor too and she knows her facts she really knows uh, everything um, I'm really uh, inspired just by her genuineness she's got an absolute incredible message and we we uh, totally uh, inspire that way of life uh, but just to to hear it she's very uplifting and definitely there for all the people all the animals she's great I really appreciate Mr. Qinghai on a lot of levels. First of all, her open-heartedness and her strong, strong commitment to saving the planet and saving the humans on the planet and the animals on the planet. That's really, really comes through very powerfully and we very much appreciate that because that's what we're doing. And the synergy is uh, wonderful to behold. I very appreciate the fact that we can get our, our message of being vegan and going green, and let's say going green diet, not just green ecology, but green diet, your inner ecology, out to the whole planet through Supreme Master Ching Hai's incredible TV network. And so we're really just really pleased. I mean, it was really good. I felt she was dynamic, real, open, and really we had a good time with her. Be veg, go green, and save the planet! <laughs>delightfully surprised. It's just so amazing to see that so many people on the planet right now are really tuning in to this what needs to happen and that it's such a huge movement and her authenticity and spontaneity it was just an education of it. I've heard the talk afterwards there there were vegan bo vegans born in the tent today. Literally people changed and just said I cannot eat meat anymore. So it's very exciting. Hello Supreme Master Shanghai. Thank you so much for your work and everyone, we can be veg, go green, and save the planet. I thought today's event was magnificent. 
her her humor, her kindness, her generosity of thought, her wisdom. I love the way that she combined both the statistics about what the outer world is about and the differences we can make in the, in the physical world and then linked it deeply and thoroughly with the interior life. She combined both worlds and made us one. Be vegan. Save the planet. Yay! I was obviously very, very inspired by the beautiful way of the Supreme Master. Thank you so very much. You are just magnificent. Just being yourself and the way God made you and just being brilliant and letting your light shine through all that you're doing and all that you're being and, and glowing. You have to be that person. That's who you have to be in order to, to be it so well. So thank you for, for doing that and being that. I'm going to make a declaration. I'm going to go really, really vegan and not even eat those good old cookies that might have a little egg in it. Thank you so much. Um, I think the most powerful thing I heard today was just how she really stressed the interconnectedness of all of life and how every individual has the opportunity to make a difference just by, by what they eat and by what they do each and every day. So if every person looks at it from that perspective, then the change is made, even if it's just one person at a time. And I think that was a really powerful message. So thank you. happy to be here. This is the first uh, of the Juice Feast uh, traveling across the country. We're organic vegan live food chefs. Um, we do a lot of work at the Tree of Life Cafe in Patagonia, Arizona um, with uh, Dr. Gabriel Cousins. This Juice Feast here is really kind of setting the sort of tone for um, bringing people onto a vegan diet. What we're looking at is reducing the methane, uh, reducing global warming. So we're really happy to be here and to be sharing with people and um, inspiring people. We're both teachers and chefs, so um, we have programs at the tree for um, conscious eating, learning how to prepare organic vegan live foods. Uh, we have a, a conscious eating program that runs pretty much every month uh, throughout the year. I've been doing um, organic vegan live foods for about 11 years now. You know, I transitioned from a, a standard American diet. I'm 30 years old now. At 16, uh, I went vegetarian uh, and, um, you know, slowly transitioned from vegetarian diet to a vegan diet to a live foods diet. So I think the key for, um, for people is to see that it can be a slow transition. It can be a fast transition. It's really kind of tuning into your heart and feeling what feels comfortable for you and opening your heart to... Um, these, these ideas and this change uh, that can occur on all levels, spiritually, mentally, physically, uh, and globally, uh, planetary, uh, with the environment. Um, so this is a, a really excellent uh, vibration that we're, we're holding here. It was really beautiful uh, to have Supreme Master Ching Hai and Gabriel and Reverend Michael Beckwith together. It was a really powerful team of uh, just energy happening and um, Gabriel's traveling and sharing um, you know exactly the same message as Supreme Master Ching Hai and you know the sense of going vegan, going plant source only diet, uh, reducing the methane on the planet by simply going vegan and you know Gabriel's sharing this statement really really strongly. What we're looking at here is the the point of the juice fast you know it's encouraging people to go towards plant-based diet only, plant source only diet, 
the three of them, very, very powerful team and really making a large impression on the planet right now. So it was very, very beautiful. It seems very important for all of us, both men and women, to also hear a feminine voice coming through. And I think that provided a really beautiful balance. Both Michael and Gabriel are very well-balanced beings as well, and they can present both sides of it, and it's really beautiful to see um, strong women being able to participate and also offer such depth to everyone um, watching. So definitely three people to keep up with. We definitely support, you know, this, this idea, and we're sharing this ourselves, you know, be veg. Be veg. Go green. Go green. And save the planet. And save the planet. tell everybody about her and I'm going to go right home and I'm going to tag her on her website and check it out. She has a darling sense of humor. Her message is totally kind and loving. Um, I loved her sense of humor and um, I absolutely adore her. I think she's great. She was so inspiring to me too because we're all kind of doing the same thing but she's like connected in with the satellites and the international and she's talking to governments and rocking it. I just loved her. She's absolutely adorable. I've written nine books. My most recent books that deal specifically with raw living foods is um, Life Food Recipe Book, Living on Life Force. And that's just kind of a, a, a handbook for how to follow this program. And then a, a very scholarly work, which I published in 2005. And it's called Secrets of an Alkaline Body, The New Science of Colloidal Biology. They're all on Amazon.com. If you really want to know the science behind how this works, how it really turns around these diseases, one of the easiest things that anybody can do, you know, personally, is just to be eating a plant-based diet. Um, it's easy on the planet. It's easy on your body. You'll live a long time. Um, one of the big problems, with, besides just the absolute inhumane cruelty that goes on in factory farming animals, the runoff from those places is just polluting all of our groundwater, precious, clean, underwater ground tables and this deforestation uh, and, and not just on the land but also in the oceans you know these dead zones which she mentioned today these are very very important this this can be healed now we're at a critical threshold we can heal it now it's going to take a little while but um, it's going to take about half the planet to shift onto a plant-based diet and that is totally doable especially when they get the information behind it you know and if more television, you know, broadcasts are aimed at this. And I see in the next hundred years, we're really, really changing the way that we advertise, the way that we think about things. It's a really wonderful time to be alive on the planet right now. And I think this is the, one of the coolest lifetimes to be here because we are going to see this change in our lifetimes. Well, I really love the raw food movement because it, it goes a step beyond um, vegetarian and veganism, which is very important. And it goes right to the source of that life inside of us. They have these really cool cameras you can take a picture of a person or an orange or a tree or any living thing and you can see this amazing technicolor rainbow of light that's surrounding it. This is the sense of life food nutrition, right? That's why I call it life food. It's anything that has that aura, that rainbow around it, which any living thing does. Now you take a picture of an orange and it's got this enormous energy field of color and energy around it. But if you take a picture of something that's dead, like an animal product, there's nothing there. It's like a red 
you know, nothing. And in fact, it even is red, too. If you look at the subatomic level underneath some of these microscopes and you look at what disease looks like, it's like that. It's neutral. There's nothing moving there. Anything that has a life force around it has enough energy. It has energy in it that's going to gift you energy. Whenever we cook that apple, all of the enzymes in it die, and so the life force in it dies, too. You take a picture of a dead apple next to a live apple, and you can just see what you're missing. Another important distinction is organics, right? If we got the whole planet to shift to organics, we would just be doing so well. So organic food has between 50 and 70% more nutrient, more vitamins, and especially minerals than non-organic food. Why are we having so much disease on the planet today is because we're missing minerals. Not only are they cooking it out of the food, but it's very poor farming practices. So you have this range when you work with nature. Uh, rather than working against nature. And of course, if you know what non-organic means, it's kind of a nice word, but it really means we're putting a ton of pesticide and poison. We want to kill everything but the crop. We want to kill the birds and the bees, and the bees are having such a hit right now, too. The bees disappear, and we're all out of here. They handle all of the modern-day crops that we're working with right now. So we've got to stop poisoning our bodies, got to stop poisoning the planet, and really flood the body and flood the planet with nutrient. And this is how we're going to come through this piece. Hello, I'm Hana, and I am so excited to be here today and to see Master on TV. And I actually recently went to a lock restaurant, and that's where I was introduced to her. And um, and I also read your book, and it was just so beautiful and inspiring. And so everything is just so amazing how every synchronicity is all coming together, being here today, and and uh, just so excited. So. Um, Thank you so much for all the things that you're doing in the world and the information that's going out to millions and trillions in the entire planet. So we we will all make a difference and we will survive many, 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 many years and lifetimes and the children will be able to be happy and free and peaceful on the peaceful planet. She was fabulous. I, I was surprised at how sweet and kind and, and funny she was. It just it felt like she was in our living room. It was a really amazing experience uh, hanging out with her for a few minutes. I first signed up for this fest because um, I would like to learn from Dr. Gabriel how to heal my cousin from cancer. She's in Brazil now. And I had no idea what I was signing up for. I had the most experience wonderful experience of my life. I had insights that I never thought I would in, in six days. Today we are on day six and I feel lighter than I have ever felt. I feel, I feel clearer than I have ever felt. And most people on earth, they ask the question, why are we here for? What are we doing here? And through this process, you're in touch with that. You find out who you truly are what you're here to do, and just be bad, go green. It's what keeps resonating in my ears and in my soul. And coming from Brazil, the largest uh, producer of meat, and growing up seeing animals being killed, now I understand 
the importance of all of us around the world forget about meat products and start planting in your gardens and it's going to help communities it's going to help the planet it's going to help yourself if you want to not to do this for a global standpoint for your humanitarian standpoint do it for yourself you feel so amazing you receive so much light through this process i just recommend to everyone and i'm going to bring it to my clients, to my hotels, and in hopefully we're just going to make an impact around the world. Just vegan, veg, going green. I am a conscientious eater. Like I don't eat red meat, but I had a little chicken and lots of fish. I love fish. After this week, I am going vegan. I have decided. I have made a commitment to myself, to my family, and to the planet. We say in Portuguese, uma andorinha não pode fazer o verão, which is one bird doesn't make the spring, but it takes one to start. Let's, let's do it. After this week, I have decided I'm going to continue my studies with um, uh, Dr. Gabriel um, uh, to become a raw vegan chef, and I'll bring the teachings home to Brazil. You know, in the next two weeks, we already started a chain uh, with my family. Uh, for 40 days, we are going to, to do a spiritual fast, you know, starting with seven days of food fast, just juice fast, and moving on just to, to really connect with spirit. And during these 40 days, we are bringing this element now, which just, you know, I just found out that this is for the planet, not only for yourself, for your, for your body. It's going to be amazing from now on because... Brazil is going to wake up. That's my mission. I realize it's a huge problem. By producing all this meat that is polluting all this ocean, breaking uh, down forests to plant um, food for, for animals. So, Brazilians, join me. Let's make a difference in the world. Let's stop eating meat. Let's save our oceans. Let's leave the animals where they are. Let's go green. Supreme Master Ching Hai, thank you so much for your teachings, for your work, for everything you shared with us today. As a Brazilian citizen, I am here now, I know, to join you, Reverend Michael and Gabriel Cousins, on this journey to cool our planet through this movement. I have committed my higher self and my physical body in to work on this movement so god bless you god give you strength and just a wish there were more people like you in the world so you are my teacher now and i will learn from you i learned tremendously from you today and i was shocked with the facts you have um, a follower here be veg go green save the planet in the name of the Most High. What I'm doing here on this planet is I am transmuting and shape-shifting the entertainment industry through the cartoon world, through the movies, through music. I have abandoned types in the people. Most people know me because of my voice. I'm the voice of Cartoon Network. I do all the promos like, coming up next is Pokemon, but also bigger than that 
Beast Boy on Teen Titans. Uh, I'm the voice of Beast Boy, which he talks like this, and he's the first ever vegan vegetarian superhero. Kids love him, and they learn from him, and they become vegetarians and vegans themselves because Beast Boy speaks of, hey, I've been those animals before. I am those animals. I don't want to eat myself. So it's a very ninja way of, of communicating this message of becoming a vegan vegetarian, which ultimately will happen little by little uh, within everybody because that's how we're going to survive. I've been a vegetarian since I was 12 years old, um, a vegan now seven years, uh, a raw foodist four years now. So it's an evolution of basically being attracted to the things that make me feel good. So the cleaner your diet, the better you feel. The higher your vibrational frequency is, the more you can instantaneously manifest everything you want. And that's what I tell kids as I travel around the world. I'm going to New Zealand next week, and I'm playing shows with my band Sipes and the People, which is um, a band that also carries the message of becoming aware that you're everywhere and everything, including the animals, and you wouldn't want to kill yourself because ultimately it hurts. In New Zealand, um, Australia, Germany, I'm going to these three places and playing music, and I'm doing uh, interviews and signing autographs for the cartoons, and I get to communicate this message to the kids. It's mostly about getting to the youth because they already know. You tell a kid, hey, this is what's going on with animals. This is the repercussions of what happens. And when you put this in your body, they're like, oh, I got it. I'm a vegetarian. And they tell all of their friends. So it's, it's a very amazing, quick process with kids. The diet has everything to do with it. Because we are what we eat, and it's that precise. Not only are we what we eat, we're, we are who we hang out with, the music we listen to, the movies we watch, the TV shows, the clothes you wear. Association is everything. That's why the entertainment business is so important. What we hear and see is how our minds work, which then therefore creates our reality. God's everywhere and everything. And, and as a family, as a global unit of conscious individuals, we together, our power is magnified a billion times as we come together. And now is the time we're coming together. So enjoy the ride. I'm in it with you. Thank you, Master. You bring such wisdom, such joy, um, inspiration to me that I know I can go out and help have it happen even more. And uh, we just thank you so much. Um, be vegan. Save the world. <laughs>